the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Sideline Sanity with me, Michelle Tafoya, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There has never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Go to LegacyPMInvestments.com, LegacyPMInvestments.com. Coming up, Ari Fleischer, the former press secretary under George W. Bush. For nearly three decades, she's reported the action from the sidelines. She started very young. She's covered the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and the college football and basketball national championships. And now, during these insane times in our world, Michelle Tafoya thinks we need a serious dose of sanity. This is Sideline Sanity with your host, one of the sanest people on planet Earth, Michelle Tafoya. Well, I've been reading this tremendous book, Suppression, Deception, Snobbery, and Bias, Why the Press Gets So Much Wrong and Just Doesn't Care. The author, Ari Fleischer, joins us, former press secretary under George W. Bush. Ari, thanks so much for being here. I appreciate it. Michelle, thank you for having me. I can imagine how frustrating it must be to be a press secretary <laughs> and and that what you've seen across the media and in and I'm going to use my quotations here, my air quotes, journalism, it, it, it's this was supposed to be one of the pillars of America where we turn to journalists to give us the news straight. And as we've seen, trust in the media has just sort of taken a nosedive. What prompted you to write this book, to finally get some of this just down on paper? I, I was just, Michelle, so fed up with reading the news and seeing how much is in there that's wrong. And wrong because journalists transgressed from being objective, neutral reporters to being activists, activists for a cause. And to put a pin in it, the cause in 2017 to 20 really became getting Donald Trump. Yeah, And as much as I've called balls and strikes, I, I did not vote for President Trump in 16. I did in 20. I'll crawl out, criticize him when he does wrong. I'll praise him when he does right. But I just thought the media was fundamentally terribly unfair to him. And they did tremendous damage to our country. And I think they were unfair to him because they felt like it was their duty. But this is where you bring in that notion of uh, activist press. How long, when did this start? How, long, how far back do you think this began? Great question. You know, one of the chapters in my book is called The Way It Was, and it traces what happened to journalism, where they used to be an institution that overwhelmingly earned the trust of the American people to now one that ranks at the bottom of the barrel. And what happened was when the Internet came along and advertisers stopped buying advertisements in newspapers, and the only place newspapers could get money from was their subscribers. It started to push people into their niches because you didn't want to upset a subscriber lest they cancel. So increasingly, reporters started to give opinions, to take sides, to become activists. And you marry that up with a group of people who overwhelmingly are liberal and are Democrat. 
And you basically have the mainstream media now carrying the water of the left. And they gave up objectivity, they gave up neutrality, and they increasingly took comfort in giving left-wing opinions to keep their subscribers. And then along comes Donald Trump. And they were just convinced that Trump was a threat to the republic. And for years, they aired stories about collusion, the Steele dossier, false, wrong stories that did terrible damage and divided this country. And, And that's why I'm blowing the whistle on the media, because they've hurt our country. Well, one of the things you start with in this book is looking at journalism schools and that the vast majority of students enrolled in journalism schools and majoring in journalism are Democrats. It, it you know, I, it, I, I brought this up with a friend of mine once. Why do you think the media is so representative of the left? There's so many Democrats and so few conservatives. And she responded, well, maybe just because there are more Democrats in the world than there are are conservatives. And that's not the case. We know that's not the case. Um, So why do you think this is happening? Why aren't there more conservatives going into journalism? Why does this profession attract so many liberal-leaning students? Well, my first chapter is called Original Sin, because this is the original sin of journalism. Uh, You can't get objective news if everybody is on one side. And To put a point on it, I've twice now gone to Columbia Journalism School, and each time I addressed two two different classes of 12 students, and in both times I asked in the previous presidential election, did you vote for the Republican or the Democrat? 24 to nothing for the Democrat. I, I think the reason is people go into journalism to right wrongs, to fight against the powerful, to fight against the rich to move the needle in a more just way. And I think the definition of that all too often has become fight against corporations as if corporations are inherently evil, to redistribute money to people who don't have it, which means the government power. Uh, And it's reflective of a liberal, progressive ideology. I think people are more business-oriented, they go into business. So there's a lot of self-selection in any industry. Journalism has its. But then the problem is you're taught by liberal professors and then you go into newsrooms that are dominated by liberals and pretty soon you're just out on an island. It's a group of people who think narrowly, speak narrowly, vote narrowly and talk to each other all the time and think everybody's just like them. And that's the original sin of journalism. It really needs a lot of independence. It needs a lot more uh, different type of thinkers to have a newsroom that looks like America or registers to vote like America. You know, and and one more, Michelle, to to show this doesn't just start or end in journalism schools. I commissioned a study. I hired an opposition research firm to go into the White House press corps. The 49 reporters sit in those 49 seats and pull their party registration. It's public information. 12 to 1 ratio Democrat to Republican. Why isn't it 1 to 1? Or could you imagine if it was 12 to 1 Republican to Democrat? 12 to 1. The media is overwhelmingly lopsided toward the Democrats. Now, people would push back and say, oh, what about Fox News and Newsmax? Mm -hmm. And they're going to come up with these examples. Tell me where I'm wrong or if I'm wrong with this. To me, Fox News was born of someone saying the the media is (laughs) the mainstream media is pretty left. We need to we need a balance. Did they, do you think they, there was overreach there? Do you think this was a natural response to what you're talking about, that original sin? Or 
And has it gone too far? Or where, where are we right now with that? Great question. Uh, Fox News is a breakaway. Everybody who watched Fox used to watch something else because yeah. Fox is relatively new. They only got started in the late 1990s. So the only reason Fox exists is because customers said the things that you're selling us here, network news, everybody else, is missing something. We're not happy customers because everything is too liberal. And so you have this one breakaway of conservative media. Now, Fox has the most watched shows individually in TV. Mm -hmm. But if you add up the three network newscasts, ABC, NBC, CBS, which air at 6.30 Eastern time, 20 million viewers for those three shows. Fox's best shows get three to four million viewers. So overwhelmingly, the mainstream media still is dominated by the left. And the number of media outlets from the New York Times to the Washington Post to the Associated Press to CNN, MSNBC, ABC, NBC, CBS, they dwarf Fox, Newsmax, Federalist, Washington Examiner. A lot of the new things that are emerging on the right or have been there for 10, 20 years are dwarfed still by the power and the reach of the mainstream media. And the mainstream media continues to be dominated by the left. All right, we're going to take a quick break, come back with Ari Fleischer and talk about the Hunter Biden laptop and how this story was suppressed and how it may have affected so many things. That's coming right up. Well, I hate to beat a dead horse, as they say, but since November of last year, the stock market has plummeted. But gold has been on the rise. Gas prices are insane. The stock market is really volatile. Inflation is the worst it's been in 40 years. And we've got this war between Russia and Ukraine that seems never ending. The markets don't like instability. But the good news is you have options. Gold prices are rising as investors turn to gold for protection. Because gold provides a hedge against inflation and it protects against a weakening dollar. Legacy Precious Metals is the only company I turn to for investing in gold and silver. I trust them. You need an investment that's going to protect your wealth and retirement. Call Legacy Precious Metals today. Be proactive while there's still time. I mean, remember 2008? Those who invested in gold saw huge gains while others lost their retirements. Legacy Precious Metals can advise you on all your options for investing in gold and silver. So why not give them a call and why not do it now? You can speak to an IRA expert at Legacy Precious Metals. Here's the number 866-528-1903, 866-528-1903, or download their free investor's guide at LegacyPMInvestments.com, LegacyPMInvestments.com. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. 
Ari, we talk about the Hunter Biden laptop. And when this story first broke in the New York Post, people shut it down. Twitter shut it down. Twitter Twitter yeah. blocked the story. I mean, it was a, it was effectively laughed at as something that couldn't be proven. And now we've had what they like to call themselves legitimate news outlets, the Washington Post and the New York Times, admit that this laptop is legit. What do you think would have happened? I know it's hard to look back and sort of theorize on what might have happened had this story really been able to flourish before the election. But do you have a theory about it? Oh, yeah, I have a theory. (laughs) (laughs) Well, first and foremost, this story is not about Hunter Biden's laptop. That story is about Joe Biden. That story is about Joe Biden's honesty. Joe Biden regularly said that he never spoke to his son about any of his son's business dealings. But he has. If he hadn't spoken to his son, how come all there, there are all these pictures of Joe Biden with his son's business partners? And so this issue is all about Joe Biden's honesty as contradicted by Hunter Biden's laptop. Now, once the story broke about Hunter Biden contradicting his father's statements. That should have been a massive feeding frenzy. But you know why it wasn't? Because the media in the 2020 campaign knew that if they told that story, it would hurt Joe Biden and help Donald Trump. And the mainstream media was hellbent not to write any story that would help Trump and hurt Biden that close to election day. You know, I, I write in my book that reporters sometimes have their thumb on their finger on the scale. Sometimes they have their entire writing hand on the scale, and sometimes they put their entire bodies on the scale. Too many of them put their entire bodies on the scale to help Joe Biden win. And so they suppressed the story. They killed it. They wouldn't report about it. There was no natural feeding frenzy. They waited until well after the election, and now it's sort of just a matter of fact. Oh, yeah, I guess those stories are true. So this is the part of when you put suppression in your title, this was the perfect example of this. And, you know, what also disturbs me about this story, Ari, is that it talks about Joe Biden's honesty, but also if, if Hunter Biden does have business dealings with some pretty powerful people in China, in, the, in Ukraine, wherever this may be, isn't Biden compromised? Yeah, we, we don't know if he's compromised unless and until we know what the financials are. If it is indeed true that Joe Biden was receiving a portion of the money that Hunter Biden received or that Joe Biden and Hunter Biden commingled their financial accounts so it doesn't matter whether the money was designated for Joe or not, Joe got it. That is big news. Obviously, the press thought it was big enough news when they faked that Trump was receiving money from a Russian bank. They all went to overdrive on how problematic that would be. But again, they're just not covering it for Joe Biden, are they? And it could raise issues about him being compromised. But again, the fix is still in. The mainstream media still has not subjected Joe Biden to anywhere near the scrutiny they would have for Donald Trump or any other Republican. Now it seems that the media is trying to distance itself a little bit from Joe Biden or suggest or really produce quite a few stories about how Democrats are separating themselves from Joe Biden. They're not wanting to campaign with him. No one wants to to commit to him running again in 2024. Is this the media's way of acknowledging, oops, we screwed up? Or is this just they know they've got a really unpopular president? 
I think it's a phase they're going through. <laughs> and I will bet it won't last very long if Joe Biden declares for re-election. If he declares, we're all of a sudden going to read these stories in the New York Times about, look at his vigor. He's much stronger than your average 80-year-old. Um, look, I think what's happened, to be fair, is that since the botched withdrawal from Afghanistan, the press did for the first time start to get tough on Joe Biden. They weren't tough during the campaign. They weren't tough for the first eight months of his presidency. That one study I have in the book shows that Biden got the softest coverage of any of the last five presidents in his first 60 days, which even softer than Barack Obama got, which is crazy. Uh, but since Afghanistan, they've been tough. Since inflation, they got tough. There have been now a series of political stories that have quoted and shown Democrats saying they wish they had somebody else. My hunch is the New York Times would like to get a younger Democrat in to replace Biden because the New York Times wants the White House to stay Republic, stay Democratic. And you've seen this turn in coverage. But I do think if Biden runs, this turn will stop turning and they'll go right back to basics. All right. I've got to. I got to talk a little bit more politics with Ari Fleischer. Quick break, and I'll ask him about who that young Democrat might be right after this. Well, even if you didn't see Uncle Tom, which you should, you'll want to see Uncle Tom, too. It unveils the Marxist agenda, pushing anger and discontent to overshadow Blacks' identity with the Christian and American culture that made them successful. Pre-order Uncle Tom 2 today on SalemNow.com, SalemNow.com. Go to SalemNow.com today, Uncle Tom 2. All right, Ari, you said it. Maybe they want a younger Democrat to run for president. I can't imagine Kamala Harris being successful in that run. So who, who, who would it be? No one knows yet, but it'll be somebody. Look, I wrote a column in May predicting that Joe Biden will come under pressure from Democrats as soon as the November election is over. And by early 2023, he will announce he is not running for re-election. At that point, you're going to have some 30 Democrats throw their hats in the ring. The biggest question to me is beyond the usual suspects, Elizabeth Warren, Pete Buttigieg, Kamala Harris, will Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez run uh, as a socialist inside the Democratic Party for the presidency. It's going to be wild. And primaries are actually healthy. That is how parties breathe, how you figure out who's next. It'll seem like chaos at the beginning, but it's a healthy part of our democracy. And the Democrats are going to breathe a sigh of relief when Biden decides not to run for re-election. And then it'll be anybody's bet about who the possible winner could be. It's going to be intriguing, to say the least. You, you were the press secretary under a conservative Republican, George W. Bush. I've long heard the argument that conservatives are not as good at messaging as Democrats. How fair of an argument is that in your mind? I think it totally depends on who the person is and what the factors are. Certainly after September 11th, President Bush rallied this nation and people supported him tremendously. It was part of a rally around the flag, but that rally would have been short-lived if they didn't like the leadership and, uh, and, and were willing to support him. 
the messaging was quite clear. We're going to protect America and keep us safe. So I think it depends on time, circumstances. Certainly President Trump, he's the only candidate I've ever met whose motto you remember, make America great again. Who remembers Hillary's? Who remembers Al Gore's? Who remembers John McCain's? You remember Donald Trump's. So Trump's got some marketing magic to him as well. Um, Bernie Sanders, though, you know, people are taken by Bernie's message because he is so principled. I mean, he's crazy. He's a socialist. <laughs> but I admire the fact that the man believes it in his heart. He's not your wishy-washy change in the wind politician. Right. So there are things politicians, regardless of party, can do to make themselves memorable. And um, part of that is their messaging. Part of that is their ideology. Well, we talked about who you might think uh, will represent the Democrats in their primary in 2024 if, if Joe Biden doesn't run. Or it, it, Trump looks poised to enter the election fray again. I'm not sure that's a good idea for America, as many of his policies were really good and productive and resulted in positive change for this country. He is such a lightning rod. And this January 6th committee is working very, very hard to disqualify him. What do you think is the best move for the president? Well, I think there are three factors that I know I'm going to be looking at as an analyst uh, to decide whether he is worthy of support. One is his age. He would be 78 if he runs and wins, 78 to 82 in his second term. So how's his health? It's always a fair question for anybody that age. Two, what do the polls show? If Donald Trump is beating Joe Biden or Kamala Harris or Pete Buttigieg by one, and pick a name, Ron DeSantis, Tom Cotton, Ted Cruz are winning by five, Republican primary voters are going to look at that and say, just what you're saying, Michelle, is Donald Trump such a lightning rod that we could go with somebody else who'd be stronger. Yeah, now, if Donald Trump is winning by an equal amount or stronger, then the exact opposite happens. And that's a great sign for Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. And then three, how many Republicans are running against him in a primary? If it's one or two, if it's a small field, it's a fair fight. Yeah. If it's three, four, or five, Donald Trump will win the pluralities and win no matter what. Mm -hmm. So those are the three factors I'm looking at. The only other thing I'd say is I hope he does not declare before the November election. I, I think he will. But right now, things are looking so good for Republicans as a referendum on Joe Biden. When you introduce a wild card and make it a choice between Joe Biden and Donald Trump, it risks really taking away what's been proven success for Republicans so far this year and puts in a wild card. Interesting. But you but your hunch is he will declare before November. Yeah, I think he will. Oh, boy. Well, that's <laughs> that's all I can say. Oh, boy. Suppression, Deception, Snobbery, and Bias is the name of the book by Ari Fleischer. I highly recommend it. It's a phenomenal read, and it's based on some data, folks. So those of you that like the data, it's right here for you. Ari, thank you so much for taking the, taking the time today. We really appreciate it. Michelle, it's my pleasure. Great to meet you. Hey, everyone, this has been Sideline Sanity. I'm Michelle Tafoya. Be brave, do good, and check out Suppression, Deception, Snobbery, and Bias by Ari Fleischer.
Well, we always appreciate it when Charles Thorngren can join the join the podcast and talk a little money and gold in particular with us. Gold and silver. And Charles, it's these are mad times. I mean, it's just really wacky. And anyone who's watching the stock market is probably asking themselves, what do I do? I don't I don't know, you know, I'm not I don't know how to ride this roller coaster with everyone. And so obviously you recommend investing in precious metals. What's the first step that someone should take in learning about what precious metals can do for them? You know, the, the first step, um, give us a call, right? We're, we're going to show you what options there are available. Um, that's what Legacy is about, is showing you options and educating everyone. The important thing to know is that we don't invest in gold and silver because it's pretty or because it's, it's unique. Those things are true, but we do it because it has the history of being the true diversity for someone's portfolio. It's the insurance policy against everyone's retirement and their uh, their savings. So, so this is why we look at, at gold and silver specifically. It's the currency that was always meant to be, right? It's not a fiat currency. There's no um, inflationary effect on it. Gold and silver are going to be worth what they're worth. The thing that changes with everything is the amount of dollars it takes to buy that gold and silver and the amount of dollars you get for owning that gold and silver. That's the big key. And this is what people don't understand about it typically is that it is not the stock market and it is not the dollar. It's an investment that is counter to both of those. So it gives you true diversity and balance is what everyone's looking for right now. They just don't know it as inflation gets higher this is where gold and silver come in. Someone is saying, okay, I want to do this, but I want to choose one or the other. When they call you and ask you these questions, when would you recommend gold and when would you recommend silver? You know, that's a great question. What a lot of people wind up doing is actually doing a little of both because that's possible, right? But it's going to depend on your specific investment parameters. And that's one of the things we're going to do that we're we're different from your typical stockbroker because we're not going to say, this is what all my customers are doing. Because that's not what's important. What's important is what matters to you and your portfolio. When is your retirement coming up? What are you looking to accomplish, right? What are your risks? What are, what are, your, what are your safety features that you need? So there's a lot that goes into it. And what we do here is, is talk with you, right? Our, our big thing is to educate you so that you understand why you're doing it as well as in what form and fashion, because that's important. It is important. And I think, too, that people, people probably think uh, I'm a small investor. This is not for me. I can't I can't afford to do this. I can't afford to do this at a level that will benefit me to them. You would say what? Um, I don't think you can afford not to. If you have money saved and you're not flush with cash, it's more important than ever for you to make sure that you put yourself in a protective situation, right? You have less to lose, so you should not lose it. It's really, you know, it's not about how much money you have or don't have. It's about how much protection you need. And if you don't have a very large portfolio, then you probably need it more than the guy who does because you can't afford that loss. And look at what the market's done over the course of the year. We are talking about a situation where the loss is extravagant and it's not done yet. This is why we look at 
uh, precious metals to counter that. And lastly, Charles, for those who fear that a recession may already be here or is coming, what do you tell them about how in a recession this investment helps out? Great question. A couple answers there. We are in a recession. Um, but the reality is it's not going to get bad for a few more months. Then it's really going to be bad. What we see happen next year is going to be devastating. Just think 2007, 2008, right? The troubles with 2008 happened in 2007. It just took time for it to hit the market in a real sense. And this is what we see. You know, we have inflationary numbers that rival the 80s, Um that's something that's going to be dramatic. So when we look at this, we say, why do we want to do it? And that's exactly why it helps because it's not the dollar and it's not the stock market, right? This is the safe haven investment. And if you look at long-term wisdom, that's what metals do. They give you a place to store your wealth without the effects of inflation, right? Inflation is good for your metals. The stock market correcting is good for your metals. Uh, A weak economy is better for your metals. So that's what it's meant to do. And that's why it has its place in the economy. We're talking about a worst case scenario right now. But even under the best of terms, the government tells you 2 to 3% inflation is a good thing. And at 2 or 3%, it doesn't sound bad, right? But over the course of your retirement and your lifetime investing, if you go 40 years, you've lost over 120% of value of your dollar by not having metals. So even in the best of times, there should be some in your portfolio. And during the worst, you really want to make sure you get a hold of somebody who can explain why and show you what options you have. Yeah, that's why we love to recommend Legacy Precious Metals on our show, Sideline Sanity. So the website is LegacyPMInvestments.com, LegacyPMInvestments.com. You can also go to the website and find the phone number to call, learn a whole lot more. It's just worth asking some questions, right? A quick phone call and getting more information about everyone's specific situation. Absolutely. We're a no-pressure organization. Everyone who contacts us, they reach out to us. We share information. If it's right for you, great. If it's not, that's great too. Learning something never hurt anybody. No, that is true. And we're glad we had you on to learn something from you today, Charles Thorngren. Again, it's LegacyPMInvestments.com. Please go check them out. Just ask some questions. Learn a little something. Thank you so much, Charles. My pleasure. Thank you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.